Welcome to episode number 22 of the Wellness Real Estate Podcast. Today, I have a treat for you because we are going to talk about the intersection of medicine and real estate. What even is that? Well, I have a special guest here on the show that is going to explain what that means. Dr. Gotham Gulati is a health artist, physician, entrepreneur, award-winning producer, and world-renowned keynote speaker who uses unconventional and contrarian methods to drive innovation in health. He's currently on a mission to make chronic disease optional by applying the science of healthy design to our homes. By being a sponge to the world, Dr. G has an uncanny ability to identify problems, spot trends, and uncover patterns that most others often miss. As a sought-after expert, radical leaders looking to transform organizations into innovative powerhouses call on Dr. G to help think differently, escape the trap of mediocrity, and unleash creativity. Currently, Dr. G is the founder of The Well Home providing interior wellness design for people living with chronic conditions. And also he's the founder of Well Played, a non-boring storytelling studio prescribing stories as a form of medicine. He has over 20 years of hands-on experience as an award-winning innovation executive for a number of globally recognized brands and products. He's a serial entrepreneur, advises numerous companies, and teaches the art of innovation at Johns Hopkins, Duke, and Singularity Universities. He's been invited to deliver hundreds of keynotes to help change the way leaders think at Marriott, South by Southwest, American Express, Roche, Merrick, LG, TEDx, and many more globally recognized brands. Dr. G received his MD and MPH from the George Washington University and MBA from John Hopkins University, and he's currently a candidate for being certified as an interior designer from New York Institute of Art and Design. So I'm so excited to bring this to you because who doesn't want to hear about the intersection of medicine and real estate? This is going to be a great conversation you won't want to miss. So stay tuned. Let's grow. Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast, where we explore a unique strategy no one is talking about that will enable you to engage more people with authentic conversations about your business more often. And it's called Wellness Real Estate. Not sure what that is or how it can help you as an agent? Well, that's what this podcast is all about. In fact, Wellness Real Estate is growing so rapidly that it is projected to be nearly $870 billion by 2027. I'm Sheila Alston and I'm your host. I'm also the founder of Healthy Home Media, where I help agents all over the country leverage this new trend in the industry to spark new conversations that will get people to listen to you and notice your brand. So if you're tired of spinning your wheels without any leads or sales to show for it, then stay tuned. I guarantee this podcast is not like any you've heard before. Welcome to the Wellness Real Estate Podcast. All right, welcome. I'm so excited for the guest that we have on the show today. Dr. Gotham Gulati, most commonly referred to as Dr. G, is a status quo agitator. As a medical doctor, serial entrepreneur, and innovative or in a, innovation executive, he draws upon firsthand experiences to help teach leaders of all organizations on how to think differently, escape the trap of mediocrity, and unleash creativity to win the future. His diverse perspectives capture the insights from hundreds of conversations and interviews that he's conducted with industry luminaries, including Guy Kawasaki, Peter, Peter Diamandis, Daniel Kraft, Larry King, Paul Stamet, Jim Quick, Steve Forbes, John McAfee, Seth Godin, Beth Comstock, and many more. His ideas have been featured at TEDx, CNBC, and South by Southwest. 
As a world-renowned keynote speaker, having delivered more than 300 talks in over 30 global cities, he has helped impact the lives of millions around the world. Through his latest venture, The Well Home, Dr. G is on a mission to make chronic disease optional by applying the science of healthy design to our homes. He's also the founder of an award-winning media production studio called Well Played that uses story as a form of medicine. So if that's not enough, he sits on numerous company boards, teaches at the Art of Innovation at John Hopkins, Duke, and Singularity Universities, and is soon to be certified as an interior designer from the New York Institute of Art and Design. To sum it all up, Dr. G quite simply defies the status quo and is known to shake things up. So please join me in welcoming Dr. G to the stage. Welcome. Wow. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you. I know that's a, that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's great. I can't believe all the things that you've done and all the things that you're doing. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, it just, uh, just you know, wherever the next door of opportunity opens up for me, that's what I, that's what I sort of gravitate towards. But yeah, I mean, I'm so interested in the well home and what you're starting with that and the intersection of medicine and real estate. We talked briefly about it, but I didn't want to dive too much into it because I want to be surprised with what you have to say. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. I think people are still not yet um, understanding that your home can be healthy. You can have a healthy environment and that it really does play a huge role in um, having a healthy lifestyle. And so coming from a medical practitioner, I'm just interested in what you have to say about it. Yeah, well, how much time do we have? I've got, <laughs> I've got plenty to say about this. And, you know, as, as a medical doctor, certain things, um, you know, certain, certainly, you know, seeing the opportunity where the gaps are in care is, is one of the things that uh, I've spent my career doing and really driving innovation around where potential market opportunities are. And so one of the things that I've really spent a lot of time on over the past decade or so is really thinking about how do we, how do we utilize digital technologies to create um, sort of virtual care? And so with this, 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 this new era of digital health technologies and virtual health and telehealth really opened up a category um, that we call remote health monitoring. And this has basically spawned what you probably know as all of these wearables that we have in the marketplace, including things like Apple Watch and Fitbit and, and the Aura Ring and so, and so forth, um, that many of us now commonly use on a regular basis to really keep tabs and track you know, different elements of our health, mm -hmm. uh, depending on what our interests are. And um, so to me, this, this notion of you know, giving the individual the opportunity to really be the CEO of their own health. Um, was really fascinating to me. And then and then we hit something called the pandemic over the past couple of years. And um, what I started noticing, of course, as someone who who basically you know examines and and identifies trends in the marketplace, you know, we're spending a lot more time at home. Mm -hmm. In fact, the numbers are are staggering, right? I'm sure you've seen some of these numbers where roughly 89% of our time or so is spent indoors, according to the Global Wellness Institute. And um, of that, roughly 70% of that is spent inside our own homes. So you've got this, this movement towards individuals wanting to care for themselves. You have more and more people spending time in home, both for not just living, but also work now. Mm -hmm. um, you have more um, healthcare initiatives and reimbursement uh, rewarding people for value-based care, really trying to um, get ahead of disease before it happens. And so really the stars were aligned. And I think we, we've seen elements of this for a number of years, but really the marketplace I think is ready for something like the well home right now, where 
we look at people's conditions and how they essentially navigate their homes to optimize for healthcare outcomes. And that's kind of the premise of what we're about. Yeah, well, making chronic disease optional, that's a pretty lofty goal. <laughs> how did you just, I mean, how, how have you witnessed um, the home environment helping chronic disease? Well, I mean, I think um, what's important to note is is eighty percent of chronic diseases preventable are, are are preventable, right? There are not, there's an there's a subcategory that we just can't prevent, but a lot of our chronic diseases are really um, factors or results of our own our own doing, mm -hmm. and over the age of fifty, almost almost a majority of adults will have at least one chronic condition that they're living with that probably could have been prevented, mm -hmm. and so um, stemming from personal experience. Um, which also just sort of just predates the the pandemic. I went through a series of health challenges um, in my family uh, that really opened my eyes in terms of uh, what was lacking in our healthcare system. Mm -hmm. um, and so, for example, in, in 2013 or so, my father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and a pretty rapidly progressive form of, of Alzheimer's called Lewy body dementia, where your motor capacity deteriorates faster than your cognitive capacity. It's a really strange um condition to have and and as you know the the number of of individuals um being diagnosed with dementia related and neurodegenerative related conditions is just growing exponentially mm -hmm. um so uh, when he got diagnosed after a couple of years my folks ended up moving in with me in my home with my family and uh it was really um eye opening because while as a as a medical doctor, I knew how to get him the best medical care and clinical care, most of his outcomes was really tethered and tied to how he navigate navigated inside of our home. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't learn that until I was sort of on the job per se, being his primary caretaker. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, things that we probably everyday individuals experience, just like I did, things like when do you put a shower door? in the shower to, to prevent him from falling or slipping? When do you, when is he at flight risk uh, to leave the home and are there security cameras that we can put in place that doesn't make him feel trapped, but some things that we can ensure that he's safe inside the home? Is he at fall risk anywhere inside the homes? And is our furniture and rugs and materials, you know, ensured that he's not gonna fall as much as possible as he as his symptoms develop? And perhaps there's digital devices that we can put on him to that identifies or notifies us if he does fall, if no one's home, and so we can ensure he gets the proper um, uh, emergency intervention. Um, mm -hmm. Circadian lighting, right, a big factor in design of homes, and you know, for a lot of dementia patients and Alzheimer's patients, sundowning is a real uh, sort of symptom that we've labeled, but it really causes agitation as a result of sort of our environment that we're in. And mm -hmm. so, are there different materials, sheets, lighting? Um, paint colors, things that we can uh, adapt easily in our home that really impacts his outcome. And then, of course, like his cognitive uh, capacity or the things that we can create better connections uh, to allow him to feel included rather than excluded as somebody in our home who has this condition. And so the list of questions went on and on and on. And it made me realize that if I'm asking these questions, I bet millions of other people are asking the same questions. Um, and then not as if that wasn't enough, a couple months later, my mother-in-law, uh, who lives in Texas, uh, ended up having a debilitating stroke that required 24-7 care. So I found myself in her home, um, basically transforming the interior design and the spaces around which she had to navigate with a wheelchair and a hydraulic lift and everything that was required for managing a severe stroke patient. And then it happened to me. Mm -hmm. I happened to be in Africa. 
on a safari uh, on a charity trip. And while I was out there, um, I suffered one of the worst nightmares you can possibly imagine. I had a debilitating knee injury um, right in the middle of a safari. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a long story in terms yeah. of, of what happened and what transpired, but ultimately um, I, I flew back home, had surgery, but I was pretty much immobile for a couple of months. Um, and I was in physical therapy and rehab for a couple of years um, okay. because of the severity of that injury. And that required me to essentially maneuver elements of my own home for something with a movement disorder, per se, if I were to sort of put it into a larger category. So when you extrapolate this to those individuals who suffer from asthma or migraine or Alzheimer's or sleep disorders or diabetes or heart conditions, there are a number of factors that we can actually modify inside of our homes beyond just clinical care. It's complementary to mm -hmm. what they're receiving on clinical care that we can essentially improve their outcomes and their quality of life as a result of creating interior design uh, modifications. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I think safety is one that a lot of people would probably think of, but certain things like circadian rhythms and stuff seem to be more outside the box. Like people don't know about that. And um, even air quality, I think people are starting to think about that now, just because um, we've had a lot, like in California, there's been so much smoke and fires around that affects even the outside air and then if you realize that just what you're bringing into the home can affect the toxic toxicity of the inside environment too um that you're i don't know what the what the stats are but your inside environment can be more toxic than their, your outside environment so yeah. that's a huge factor if you're spending a lot more time you know at home so um what maybe you can explain a little bit further about some of these um other factors that you're putting into your uh, well home that are not just safety related? Yeah, I mean, I think safety is sort of an underlying or foundational element across mm -hmm. all of the conditions. Of course, you don't want to implement yeah. any design alterations without safety in mind. Um, I mean, the way we look at, at design in the home is we look at it sort of multifactorial. As you know, in the interior design world, they tend to look at form, um, you know, form, function, and what I like to call feel, but they call mood. Um, so form, function, and feel, but I add two additional things. And those two additional things are systems and habits. Mm. Um, because I, I, I do believe that our, our habits um, are formed by how we inhabit our home, right? Mm -hmm. So our habits are formed by how we inhabit our home. So if we can alter our habits, right? And get rid of the bad ones and implement the new ones, we can essentially create habitual experiences in our home and designs in our home that encourage those behaviors. But you can't do that unless you actually put systems in place. So we look at it from a system level in terms of what are the modifications that we can do that are going to encourage those, those habits. And then what are the form, function, and feel elements that we can put into place um, to ensure that the design is centered around what their desires and needs are. I love it. I mean, the whole having a wellness kitchen is one of those aspects too that I've talked to um, wellness architects about. And it's a similar you know, idea that if you want to have a healthy lifestyle, maybe you should, you know, have your pantry situated in a way that healthy foods are more accessible and you're not bringing in the junk into your home to begin with. And there's ways you can lay out your kitchen so that um, it involves more people cooking together, more people being social and being interacted together during the meal process, which makes you enjoy your food, you know, better and um, all those sorts of things that are kind of not really what people think about when they're either designing a home or even living in the home. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, some of these things seem so obvious, but we're just not intentional about it, right? Like mm -hmm. we have the desire for it, but simple things of, of being able to maneuver and organize your pantry in a different way to encourage healthy eating behaviors, I think are great recommendations and easy solutions that we can do that most people just don't have an understanding of how to do it or how to alter it um, to achieve the better outcomes. But those are great low cost solutions. Um, there are also things now, for example, I think, is it LG or Samsung? One of them has a fridge um, that has different temperatures and different segments of the fridge to allow for, um, you know, different decay, uh, rate of decay for different types of foods and organic foods and healthy foods in our fridge. Because I think a lot of us experience that element of, you know, as 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 Americans are, are, are purchasing behaviors in the grocery stores to buy bulk, right? Mm -hmm. So we buy, you know, a week's worth of groceries in one day that's going to feed us for the week. But oftentimes a lot of these healthy organic foods that are perishable, you know, end up going bad after a couple of days and they're stuffed yeah. in the back of the fridge because nobody can see them. And then we end up tossing them away. Yeah. And so are there ways that we can essentially design our appliances to ensure that they either last longer, they're more visible or organized in a way, even in, in the perishable goods that allows us to, to consume vet foods better and also eliminate the waste that happens in food in this country. Yeah. I can tell you, I'm excited about my new appliance that I got. I bought one of those, um, water ionizers and so we've got it in the and it's got different ph levels and um i was told that if you like 2.5 is almost like um hydrogen peroxide so it smells like that but it's actually just water at the 2.5 but it's a top it's a like a cleaner a toxic cleaner but it's safe because it's just water and so if you plunge your fruit in that and then you do the 11.5, which is an emulsifier, and it takes off any um, like sprays, you know, that waxy substance that can be on like apples and things, you just let yes. it sit in that, and then you dry it, and then it lasts so much longer in your fridge. So I'm excited about kind of practicing that and doing that, because I, I often will have the intention of making lots of vegetables, and then they sit at the back of the fridge, and they right. go back. So yeah, no, that, that sounds, you let me know how that goes because yeah. that sounds like an amazing uh, tool to have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So then tell me a little bit more. We did talk briefly. I remember you telling me that um, the whole interior design aspect, you have this vision of having preventative um, healthcare and, and interior design kind of being as one. And I was kind of surprised by that. So maybe you could explain a little bit more. Well, I mean, the, I think the prevention factor of it is essentially for those that um, are more are mindful of their health mm -hmm. um, earlier in the age. I think there's 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 basically three categories: there's prevention, manage, and reverse. Mm -hmm. if we look at chronic illnesses or chronic diseases in that in those three realms, right? There's prevention of can I prevent anything from happening by implementing the design solutions that I need today that might maybe I'm I'm at high risk factor for for whatever reason from the environment that I'm in from genetic factors or a number of other different plays. Um, then there's manage, right? There's going to be a, a cohort of individuals who already have some sort of chronic condition. It could be arthritis. It could be cancer. It could be. Um, it could be uh, migraines or allergies. Mm -hmm. um, and those ones we could essentially, are there ways that we can improve uh, your chronic illness so that you don't suffer the way mm -hmm. you have to suffer, right? We've just sort of taken for granted that if I have this illness or I have this condition, I'm just gonna suffer uh, mm -hmm. with this condition um, or ignore it because it's too difficult um, to be with it, which then worsens the cycle of having it. So there's the prevent, manage. And then the third is reverse. I think, um, you know, I'm a big, uh, advocate for the notion of food is medicine. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I do believe that there are many conditions that we essentially have created for ourselves, polypathologies, uh, you know, that we have created ourselves that we can reverse by simply changing and altering our diets. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a number of different conditions, depending, of course, not all conditions. You know, if you've gut related issues, inflammatory disorders, um, you know, foodborne related uh, chronic illnesses, um, things that we could potentially reverse in chronic illnesses um, and not just prevent and manage. But I think also it's it encompasses really the trifecta. I think normally we think of food and exercise as sort of the duality of the most important things to prevent and manage and reverse diseases. But I do think that there's a third element, which mm -hmm. is sleep. And we oftentimes overlook sleep as one of the trifectors. I think food in combination with exercise and proper sleep ultimately creates some of the best, um, you know, some of the best solutions to, to, you know, prevent, manage and reverse chronic diseases. So I actually do think it's possible. Yeah. Well, you know, another factor in there though, is also mindset. You mentioned that, you know, just people having the belief that, oh gosh, I've got this disease and now I'm just going to suffer for the rest of my life. Like if that's truly what you believe, that's probably what's going to happen for you. But if you have the belief that, gosh, there's got to be a way I can ease my um, pain, or there's got to be a way that I can just help myself get better. And I do think it's a multifaceted approach because you, even if you just changed your diet, but you have toxic relationships or you're living in a toxic environment or you have other toxicity around you, you know, it's probably going to be a really long process or you're just not going to get, see the improvements as fast as you could if you looked at it from lots of different angles and different perspectives. Yeah. And, and I think one of the I mean, the biggest hurdles that we have to sort of surface here, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, it sounds all good in theory and good in practice, but at the same time, you know, healthcare and behavioral health is a very difficult thing to tackle. Mm -hmm. It's easy to say that we can design elements in the home, but ultimately, you know, the majority of people and just some personal experience, majority of people want to be cared for and they want to be cared for by a hospital, their providers, other health professionals, um, they don't want to care for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's because caring for yourself is hard. I mean, look at the number of people who are trying to lose weight and go through, cycle through all of these different diets, because it's really hard to sustain and maintain those diets. Mm -hmm. And my hope is, and my theory is through some of these design elements, is that if you alter the habits mm -hmm. of the way we consume these diets, mm -hmm. like if I, um, I mean, we can bring this down to specific examples in, in certain in certain cases, but if you change certain habits, you can actually create sustainable outcomes as a result mm -hmm. and ultimately change the behaviors that most people are actually scared to do because they think it's going to be very difficult to, to do, right? So um, just to sort of bring this into a, a specific example, let's talk about uh, the notion of getting people to, uh, to work out mm -hmm. more consistently. Mm -hmm. um, we know it has health outcomes across a number of different uh, health benefits across a number of different conditions. Um, so why is it so difficult for people to maintain a regimen? And oftentimes it's because when we look at the design, at least from what I've seen, the design of people's homes, there's a lot of friction between you and getting to that treadmill or you and getting outdoors or you and getting on your Peloton or whatever device that you might have at home um, that you use for, for your fitness. And so there are ways and small tactics to really um, um, uh, solve for the issue of that, that friction. I um, mean, I can just give you some personal examples. For example, um, having a set of shoes right next to your treadmill with your socks and a towel and a water bottle ready to go removes the friction of, oh, I got to get up. I got to get my water bottle. Where did I keep my shoes? Where are my socks? Um, 
you know, you forget your towel, you walk back up. So all these little things add up, right? It's the reason when you go to a gym, it's all there for you. Mm -hmm. um, so setting it up almost like a gym in your home where everything's ready to go and convenient mm -hmm. reduces some of that friction. Um, the other thing that I often do to um, motivate me, for example, to go for an outdoor run, um, you know, we, we need to associate things that we don't necessarily enjoy doing with something positive that we do enjoy. And, and I think James Clear with Atomic Habits, there's a, there's a term called that he, that he called, like, I think it's called, called positive association mm -hmm. to build a habit. So for example, when I go for a run, and this works for me, not for everybody, I love listening to podcasts, mm -hmm. right? And so what I do is the only time I go and listen to podcasts is when I'm out running, mm -hmm. right? So if I enjoy listening to podcasts, it's gonna get me outdoors and running as much as possible because I want to go listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. But then I take it to the next level. I go mid-podcast to mid-podcast. So the story never finishes. Oh. But that way, when it ends, right, I'm, I want to know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Of course, we can come back the next day and finish the episode and then start something new. So these little tactics, you can develop systems around it. And to be honest, I mean, I work out four to five times a week. Wow. Now, I'm not the healthiest person, but simply yeah. not because I have a desire to, but because I've created these little habits and reduced the friction between me and my workout regimen. Yeah, I think it's, I think he calls it habit stacking too, right? It's like oh, habit stack, stack, yes. stack these little habits on top of something that you're already doing that you already love doing. And then the positive association is really key Yeah, because like you said, if it's something that you dread, you're just, you're not going to do it. You have to be highly motivated, you That's know, right. but if you, the other thing too, is if you do get a good night's sleep, like you mentioned, if you can make your design your bedroom to be just a sleep haven and something gradually wakes you up, you get enough, you, you feel rested in the morning and then your shoes are right there and then you're ready to go and you, and you associate with your good day being because you've done a little, you've moved your body and you've done some things with your mind and then you can have a good day and you have that positive association, then you're more likely to want to do it every day. Oh yeah. Sleep is another big one that you bring up. That's there's just tons of different things that we can do there, but, uh, um, for sure. And and most of us get a lot of those sleep elements wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this was so amazing. I think we just kind of touched on, you know, a few elements. Is there anything else you want to share about the, the well home before we're finished? Well, I mean, I think we're just now getting ready to, um, and we've been sort of in stealth mode for a little bit. We're now getting ready to launch um, and announce a couple of strategic partnerships with big real estate brokerages. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're actually offering um, a healthy home inspection um, mm -hmm. to get inside the doors that gives you an opportunity to get a small little assessment around specific chronic conditions that you might be um, struggling with before you even move into the home, or even if you live in the home, before getting a complete design overhaul. So we're working with a number of real estate brokers and agents uh, to deploy the healthy home inspection um, that will give them um, basically a good insight into whether this home is going to be a good fit for them or not. Oh my gosh, I love it. I'll have to have you on again so that you can talk just about that when you're ready to, because sure. that sounds amazing. What an incredible tool for agents to have, because um, already, I mean, there are so many agents that are part of my network that are trying to position themselves as wellness agents. And so there's things that they do to market the home differently. There's um, relationships that they're building with other people just that are still in the industry, but they're, you know, energy efficient people and and more like healthy home professionals that they can refer people to. And I just think that understanding all of these different elements just only enhances your ability to um, just provide more value to people, even when they're not, you know, getting ready to have the transaction. 
but when they're just living in the home so that mm -hmm. you can, you know, still be helping them as their realtor. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dr. G. How can people find you? Uh, I mean, the best thing, of course, is go on my LinkedIn profile. Uh, you are always welcome to connect with me there and reach out. I, I respond to, to most everything as I can. Um, if you want to go to my learn about me personally, mm -hmm. um, go to imdrg.com. That's I-A-M-D-R-G.com. Um, or if you want to learn about The Well Home, go to thewellhome.co, thewellhome.co. Uh, there's no M at it's not .com, otherwise it's going to take you somewhere else, but thewellhome.co. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you again. I so appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Sheila. I really enjoyed it. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Dr. G. If you want to learn more about healthy home inspections, be sure to connect with Dr. G, and you can do that on LinkedIn or Twitter. His handle is at Dr. Gotham Gulati. So it's D-R-G-A-U-T-A-M-G-U-L-A-T-I. Um, you can also find him on www.imdrg.com, or you can learn more about The Well Home at thewellhome.co. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you learned something new that will inspire you to think about your branding and how you can market yourself a little differently. If you enjoyed this episode, then you're going to love what I have for you because you don't need to wait to go get extra certifications or to grow and expand your network to get started attracting those new leads right now. You can simply begin by talking about wellness real estate trends and what you've learned on this podcast with others. I mean, this is pretty interesting stuff that no one has heard about, and I have all the tools that can make it even easier for you. Wellness Real Estate Magazine is a brand new wellness lifestyle magazine, and it's the only magazine that brings health and home together. We educate readers on industry trends and how to create a healthier home environment, written by industry experts around the country. And we have three covers to choose from, Wellness RE, Healthy Home, and Wellness at Home, so you can easily find one that aligns with your unique brand and messaging. These magazines are the perfect done-for-you tools that help you not only stay top of mind, but they educate and engage your audience, which positions you as an industry expert. Differentiate yourself and grow your brand the easy way. Learn more at HealthyHomeMedia.com.